Praise God forever. Turn your Bibles today, if you would, over to 1 Peter 1-2. We're going to continue our series on obedience. Obedience. And so we're going to start out, 1 Peter 1-2 says these words, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Holy Ghost or of the Spirit, unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Notice that we have been sanctified unto obedience. In other words, you and I, when we are sanctified, set apart, taken out of the world, the unclean elements of humanity, we are sanctified, we are washed in the blood of the Lamb, we are then sanctified or consecrated, set into a holy place. We are living stones of a living tabernacle. We make the tabernacle, the temple of God, a holy place for God to dwell. He brings us out. He sanctifies us. But he sets us apart from a disobedient life that was filled with disobedience, now dwells in the children of disobedience. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 they are led about by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and so forth. But we are not like those anymore. We have been sanctified, called out, washed, and set in the tabernacle of God. And we are set to a life of obedience. We are sanctified to an obedient life. The word obedient simply means to be submissive to someone else's will or compliant to someone else's opinion or viewpoint. It means to hear and then perform someone else's will or commandment. It means to submit to the will of someone else. And we are obedient people. We are no longer self-willed people. We see that struggle taking place, being overthrown, and God's will established in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's not my will, but thine be done. That's the life of obedience. Now let's turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians 2, 14. We're going to start talking about obedience again. Obedience is the Siamese twin. In other words, it's basically the same impression of faith. Faith and obedience are inseparable. If they are separated both cease to exist. So obedience and faith are Siamese twins. In other words, they're brothers and sisters born out of the same requirements, the same definitions. Without obedience, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we understand that when they sinned in the garden, not only did they just disobey, they simply entered into a place of unbelief entered into a place of faithlessness. That caused transgression to be born. You and I are not of that nature anymore. We are born of the seed of God. Amen? And it's our nature. Somebody say this with me. It's my nature to be obedient, never to disobey, never to question, never to struggle, but to do. And realize that everything is going to work towards our good. So, here we see that faith and obedience are Siamese twins. Now, it is a part of our life, not only to live by faith, but to be submissive to God's will and God's command. And it says this, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in everything. Here we see something that obedience is the very basis or the key or the platform of all victory. Somebody say, of all victory. There is no victory. There is no blessing. There is no promotion. There is no turning things around without the spirit of obedience. Now, the reason I use this verse, it says, Now God always caused us to triumph in Christ, maketh manifest that savor knowledge, by us in every place. When we live a life of obedience, victory is going to be the end result. 
Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 28 says, if you can show that on the screen, Romans 8, 28, we quote this many times, but we quote it in a adverse, unknowing, faithless way. And it says, we all know, now we know that all things work together to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for, for the good of them that love God. Does anybody know what the love of God means? If you love me, keep my commandments. It's impossible to love God and not be obedient. Amen. So understand that the condition is already pre-laid out or predetermined. The condition must be met. We know that all things work together to good for those that love God or keep his commandments. If you choose a different way than God's way, understand that things are not going to come out successfully for you. They're going to come out in a cursed way, something totally contrary to God's plan for your life. Now, we're going to get blamed. God's going to get blamed for that, I understand, but God is not to the blame. We are to the blame. Now, we quote that so many times. Hey, well, you know, you never know. Everything's going to work together out to our good and because we love God. No, you have to be obedient to God to declare your love to him. Amen? But so many times we just say that flippantly. Well, you know, hey, it's all going to work out to good. Only if you are doing what is right in the eyes of God. You cannot be doing disobedient deeds living contrary to Scripture, not keeping the statutes, the commandments, the ways and the purposes of God that God has laid out for you, and you're going to miss His purpose. So it behooves us as Christians to keep the commandments of God even when things are going wrong, David. Absolutely. Amen? Don't handle your problems with your opinions. Amen. Don't handle your problems by what somebody else wrote in a book. Could it get an amen? Don't handle your problems by somebody else's opinions. Handle your problems the way that God has laid out in Scripture. That declares his, your love for him, and God will move on your behalf. And then all things will work together for the good of them that are called according to his purpose. Now, we realize that victory, Phyllis, there's victory in everything that we go through and that comes through our life. But how it comes out is based upon our response to what is going on, Amen. what we are involved in. If we respond to it the way that God wants, guess what? That's called obedience. Now, you're going to suffer things as a Christian. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but out of them all, God delivers us. He does, hallelujah. That is a testimony of a man that had committed his ways unto the Lord. It was a testimony of David. Now, that testimony can be your testimony, but you're going to have to handle things the way that the man after God's own heart handled them. You're going to have to do them God's way. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, so let's, we've got that straightened up, that everything is going to work to our good. Somebody say, good days are ahead of us. If we just simply do things the way that God wants us to do them. Amen? Amen? Now, in the beginning, it is found that faith is required to please God. Also, we have discovered that obedience is needed to bring God to a place of pleasing Him or being happy, being attentive to, and watching over and fulfilling his promises. So here, when you and I are tried, somebody say tried. tried, and we are going to be tried, when the fires are turned up, the question is not what God will do. The question is, what are you going to do? Amen. Fires are going to come, and they're going to be heated up. There is a fire of destruction, but if you walk obediently through the fire, David, God changes the nature of the fire and makes it a nature of temperance. In other words, you come out changed, molded by God, fortified, strengthened, hardened, more callous than you've ever been. In other words, if you walk obedient, David, through a fire, a strange fire, a fire of temptation, persecution, what happens is that God gets involved. The fire doesn't turn out to be destructive. Then it turns out to be a place of molding. Amen. But it doesn't happen without your participation. Absolutely. 
And so if we will participate, God will use the fires of tribulation, trials, persecutions in our life. The devil brings them. God doesn't. But God can use those things. Sometimes we say, well, you know, God uses those things. No, God doesn't birth them, but he will use them if you do what God wants you to do in the fire. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And ask your wife when you're in an argument. I just try to say this. What point are you trying to make? Let's cut this short so I can get to the end of it. The problem is the point never gets made because it's always reiterated. Hallelujah. So we want to make sure that in these places, that when these fires, these trials come, guess what? And we do things, David, the way that God wants us to do. Guess what he does? He tests our fortitude. Now, he doesn't bring that, but he will take the opportunity to speak a word to you, reveal something to you in the midst of a fiery trial, and if you will apply, do it God's way, guess what? He sees you as being faithful unto the Lord. And in the midst of all of these things, obedience becomes the proving ground of faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 4.2, first it's required of a student, a servant, that he be found faithful. Phyllis, we, in the midst of our hardships, we can stay obedient. Anybody know why trials and tribulations and persecutions come? Because you're walking in the way of the devil, right? No, no. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. So that would lead me to few are the afflictions of the sinner. I mean, if, if many are the righteous, then the flip side coin of that is you have few of them when you're a sinner. I've heard people say, well, I don't have any trials or tribulations. I think to myself, I wonder how you're living. Just a question. But the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, David. So that would kind of stir me to look at the backside of the coin. Sure. Quentin the other day, him and Lincoln was flipping. <laughs> I'll see what deer stand we want. He said, what one do you want? And he said, heads. He said, I'm sorry, it's tails. And then he picks the coin up, puts it in his pocket, and Quentin said, hey, wait a second. Didn't you get some two-headed coins for Christmas? (laughs) Sure enough, Lincoln had bewitched him and took his deer stand. But I said, look, son, if you're going to play with the devil, you're going to have to be smart enough to wrangle him before you get started. You're already in the game. You're going to the other deer stand. So we can all be bewitched but we have to pay attention to what's going on. Sure. Now, when trials and tribulations come, we have to realize they're from de- the devil. Absolutely. They come to destroy us. But if we will say, God, I'm in the midst of this. Now, the only reason that trials, tribulations, and these persecutions come because many are the afflictions of the righteous. So understand, number one, I'm a righteous man if you're suffering persecution and things are getting hard and tight on you. The devil's putting pressure on you. What's he doing? He's trying your obedience. He's trying your faith. He's trying to find out if you will stay faithful to God. He's really trying to get you to break covenant. He's trying to get you to revert back to your old way. Now, if we do, then understand that the work, the handiwork of God's craftsmanship, of the potter, is going to stop because God can't go any further than our obedience allows him but if we will stay firm guess what god molds us god changes us god tempers us and we deal with things that weren't needed we deal with things that were not spiritually inducive to our maturity in other words we cut off things that have opened the door to the devil and then you can come out victorious on the other end but you can only do it as you obey god See, we don't keep the commandments of God just because the weather is sunshiny. We keep the commandments of God no matter how dark it gets in our life. Amen? Amen. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Well, they were, some, they were three Hebrew children. They were princes because of the excellence of the spirit that God had put upon them. And they had kept that excellent spirit by not uh, getting involved in the way that the world partook or participated in food and so forth, and they desired and designed themselves to stay compliant to the dietary system of the law. 
And as they did, the world took notice. And guess what? They were promoted. And they were promoted because of a spirit of excellence. Now, they were three princes that would not bow to an image of the king. Nebuchadnezzar was the king in the 70-year bondage of the nation of Egypt, the nation of Israel. The reason that they were there for 70 years was because of, you got it, their disobedience. They disobeyed God. They got involved in everything that the world offered, and they forgot God. See, disobedience is not just for a momentary thing. It's to take over your life. It's to, de to deliver you to a place that you can't get yourself set free from. Hopelessness sets in. Faithlessness sets in. Guess what? You live a spiritually sickened life when your spirit loses hope. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were there. They were friends of Daniel. And now they were there, and the Bible said that they made a great statue, Nebuchadnezzar did. And it says, and when they started playing the music, everybody was supposed to bow. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we aren't bowing. That's against our faith. In other words, God told us we're not to bow to worship any other god. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, his statue, and his kingdom were symbolic to us in Scripture as the world's way. And, Dan and Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel's friends, would not bow to the world's way. They just refused to. So Nebuchadnezzar comes up with a compromise. If you aren't doing something, will you bow? They said, no, 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 we aren't going to bow. And he said, well, you know that we're going to heat this furnace if you don't bow. And he said, do whatever you will. But whether God delivers us or he doesn't, we are not going to conform to what you have issued for us to do. We will not bend, nor will we bow. Be it known to you, you might throw us in there, but we aren't burning. Amen. So they threw him in the fire. They heated it up seven times, hotter than it's ever been. And then we, they get men that are strong, soldiers committed to the king, and they send them in with, Daniel, uh, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bound with tethered, with hands and feet. They were going to throw them in. But even before they could throw them in the furnace, the men that carried them were consumed by the overwhelming heat of the flame. But finally, old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego make it into the flame. So they ask, hey, how are they faring? How are they doing? Now you think about that. Now they know how hot that fire has been and consumed those other men, but they ask themselves, Somebody look in there and tell us how they're doing. Because they knew that their God had never failed them. They looked down and they said, didn't we throw three guys in there? They said, yep. Well, there's four. And there's one that looks like the Son of Man. Well, at the end of the story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are brought out of the fiery furnace. There's no smelling of smoke. Their garments are not singed or anything else. And it impacts the king, and he declares that they should worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Listen, they never bent. They didn't bow. They did not compromise. They stayed obedient to the Lord. See, the world wants you to get involved in their way, even when it's wrong. See, the world wants you to compromise, but they don't want to compromise. They want you to be tolerant, but they don't want to be tolerant. They want you to be non-biased, but they want to be biased. No, we have to understand that we serve a God that is not dependent on what the world can do. God has already foresaw what they may attempt to do, but he has promised us that he will deliver us and cause us to be victorious always in Christ Jesus. So stay committed, stay faithful, continue to be obedient, and God will bring you out of your test, of your trial, because you never bent, you never bowed, and you never caved in, and God will bring you out and give you a testimony among your peers. Hallelujah. Now remember, there was a, their friend Daniel. Well, the princes of the providences around, they were trying to get to Daniel. I don't know if you ever work in a workplace that everybody just wanted to see you get God. Well, sometimes that happens. It doesn't happen because they just hate God. Jesus, it happens because they're just jealous. They may misread it for hatred, for jealousy, but really they see you having something that they don't have. Absolutely. They can't put their finger on it. 
They can't experience it. They don't know what to do. So they're always demeaning you. They're always talking down to you. They're always making snide remarks towards you. They're always making innuendos about you. They're always excluding you. That's okay. Listen, don't be shaken by that. Don't really take that even for persecution. That's mild stuff, amen? You have not suffered to the shedding of blood yet. Amen. Well, I cut my finger once. Oh, it gets worse than that. Now, so these men, these princes started watching Daniel. They said, man, we got to catch him in something. He's just got too much favor. Now, Daniel had a spirit of excellence, and he had favor, fellas, because he did what was right. And he served the king and did what was right by the king because he was obedient to God. And when we are obedient to God, it means that we always treat people of utmost value and give them utmost honor in our life. They may not be Christians, but that's okay. We still give honor where honor is due. Amen? Now, Daniel is caught praying. They said the only way we're going to catch Daniel in something is if we catch it with his God. That's the only thing he's really faithful to except his services to the king. We don't want to report services of the king. The king will like him more. So what did they do? They heard him. Daniel was praying three times in the day. That was Daniel's commitment to God. That's what Daniel believed that God wanted him to do. See, these were now personal convictions. They were not legalistic law uh, uh, orders or statutes from God, but they were personal convictions of Daniel. And sometimes we have personal convictions that we have to be obedient to. Amen. If God tells you not to do something until he tells you to do it, you do it until the day that you die. And I'm sure that if God told you not to do it, he's not going to change it in the midst of you just because you're around all your friends. Could I get an amen? amen? And so Daniel was honoring his personal convictions. He was praying three times a day. Sure enough, one of the princes dropped in just at the right time and heard him praying. Of course, he didn't say, Daniel, you're so faithful. No, he went right to the king and said, hey, king, you remember that decree that we talked about you should do? He said, guess what? I found one of your favorite guys over there, Daniel, praying. And he's not praying to you. He's praying to his God. Remember, you said that they're not to pray for a season to any god except the gods of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar said, you're right. Who is that man? Well, it's Daniel, one of those beloved of your heart. He said, well... They said, no, no, king, you can't bend now. you got to honor your commitment. See, they expected Daniel to break his, but not the king to break theirs. And so Daniel is thrown into the lion's den. Now, they throw him in the lion's den towards the evening because that's when lions eat. They eat at night. They're not like kids. Kids eat all the time. Now, they, they eat from morning, sun up, they get up, they start eating. They graze, they eat, they stuff themselves until they go to bed. And, but the lion awakes when kids are going to bed, and they eat at night. So they throw them into the lion's den. Daniel cries out, hey, king, be blessed. Now, who in the world said that to somebody that just threw them in the lion's den? Well, you know what? You can't get into a lion's den and become disobedient and start taking revenge on yourself or worsening or believing the worst for somebody or expecting the worst to come on somebody. You're going to have to keep right just because people misuse you or abuse you doesn't give you the right to become disobedient to the commandments of God. Love your enemies. So Daniel says, King, be blessed, be prosperous, live long. I bet he's really thinking in his heart, I hope you slip and come down here too. But he didn't. And the Bible doesn't say that. That was just an addition of mine. So, now, Daniel was there all night, but the king is so troubled and he so loves Daniel. You know what he does? He stays up all night praying to Daniel's gods. God, watch over Daniel. In the morning, he runs over there. He says, hey, Daniel, has your God kept you? He said, oh, God, oh, king, live long. My God has kept me. He has sent an angel and shut the mouths of the lion. Well, the king then took the men that brought that accusation, though it was true, against Daniel, and he threw them in, and he made a buffet. Golden crow was on. Hallelujah. And all of the men that had brought Daniel to that accusation, though true, fellas, was eaten by the lions. See, we have to stand 
even in the midst of a world that is demanding that we compromise. Folks, don't compromise your obedience to God for a flash in the pan or for a moment of favor or for a moment that you think would not bring you shame. You stay obedient unto God. Could I get an amen? And so we want to make sure that we stay obedient to God no matter what the end choices are because God will always bring us out of them. Hallelujah. And then as we are in obedience, we've also talked, we've talked about being faithful. But it's also a proving ground for promotion. If you won't be faithful in small things, you can't be promoted over large things. It's a proving ground of our faith. It's a proving ground of our willingness to serve instead of being served. Let's go to Matthew 24 and verse 42. Matthew 24 and verse 42 through 51. Hallelujah. And it says, watch. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched, he would have not suffered his house to be broken up. In other words, pay attention, watch what opens the door to the devil. And it says, therefore, be ye also ready for such a time and an hour as you think not. The Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he come, findeth so doing. For verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant noticed the one that knew to do and didn't do it, this is what disobedience is considered. Remember that disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. Here it says, even if that evil servant should say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him and in an hour when he is not aware of. And he shall cut him asunder and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. Notice that this man could have done what the Lord wanted him to do. But because he thought he had a chance to do evil, to get ahead, he started misusing those that are around him. Now, the Lord says that if we serve him and be obedient, be a good servant instead of an evil one, guess what? He's going to make us ruler over many things. See, when you are in the midst of your battles, when you're in the midst of hard times, when you're in the midst of being able to do right but don't feel like doing it, God's watching and God's proving He's wondering, will he pass the test? Only you can decide that for God. You have to be obedient no matter what you're feeling or what you're going through or the season when it says, he thought his Lord delayeth. In other words, he thought there was a season that God was not aware of him. God's aware of all of the seasons that we are in. And when we are in the midst of some seasons, we may not feel like doing good. We may think that we can get away with something. But I am here to tell you, nobody gets away with nothing. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, amen, beholding their good and their evil. So here, this man does evil. What does he do? He begins to disobey that which was laid out for him strategically by God. He told him how to treat others. He told him how to rule. He told him what to do. This man becomes disobedient. He becomes disengaged with God. He becomes separated from God. His heart turns from being righteous, good, to evil. Now, you know that God never put an evil ruler over those people. He put a good ruler over them. But because of his disobedience, guess what? His heart turns evil. Now, you might think, well, it takes a lot of disobedience. No, you need to dot every I and you need to cross every T. Listen, it's the little foxes that start nibbling the vine so that cancers and poisons come and the vine dies. 
Listen, it's the little things that you prove yourself. It's the little things that you strengthen yourself in. It's the little things that you begin to engage evil with and overthrow it. If you let little things start getting by, guess what? Pretty soon, big things look, look big, look little, and you start letting big things in your life, and they become as little as the big things, and the big things become as little as the little ones. Listen, we have got to protect ourselves. I don't know about you. I believe Jesus is going to come. And I don't just say that flippantly. I believe he is going to come. And I believe that it's time for you and I to become obedient in every area that we are aware of. Amen? And so here this man, his reward was this. God didn't remember his, all of his obedient acts. He remembered his end, which was an evil end because of his disobedience. Now, when we are in these situations dealing with people, dealing with the oppressions, the thoughts, the uh, uh, persecutions, the temptations of the enemy. Do something that's not God's way. Do it this way. You can get ahead. You can do this. God won't care. It's a little. Guess what? Your heart is being plundered and is being turned to evil. And folks, we don't want our hearts to be evil. Amen? We want them to be good before the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And then I'd like for you to go to 1 Kings 13. I want to talk to you for just a moment about never try to justify disobedience. Never try to justify disobedience. No matter what the cost of it, make sure that you pay the cost to stay obedient. In 1 Kings 13, this is the story of a prophet of God. And behold, there came a man of God out of the land of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel, and unto Jeroboam, and stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar, in the word of the Lord, saith, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee. And men's, and men's bones shall be burned upon thee. And he gave him a sign that same day, saying, This is a sign which the Lord hath spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass, when the king Jeroboam heard this saying of the man of God, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold of him and his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up whoo hallelujah and so that he could not pull it into him again and then the altar also was rent and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of god had given by the word of the lord and the king answered and said unto the man of god entreat now the face of the lord thy god and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me again and the man of god besought the lord isn't that amazing how this man's disobedience is in direct defiance of God, but the man in obedience is merciful and compassion to those that are afflicted by their disobedience. And he besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him again, and he became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me, refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. Sounds good to me. And the man of God said unto the king, if thou wilt give me half of thine house, I will not go with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat not bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. And so he went another way and returned not by the way he came to Bethel. And then there dwelt an old prophet, and in Bethel, and with him sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. And the words which he had spoken to the king, them they told also to their father. And their father said to them, Hey, what way went he? For his sons had seen which way that the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass, and so saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon. 
And he went to the man of God, and he found him sitting under an oak tree and said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, Well, I am. And he said unto him, Come with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. And he said to me, By the word of the Lord, thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there, nor turn again by the same way that thou comest. And he said unto him, I am a prophet also, as thou art. And an angel spoke unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back to thee into thine house the way that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. Oh, he went back and with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the lion prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto him, O man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, for so much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, the, and thou hast not kept the commandment which the Lord had commanded thee, and thou camest back and hast eaten and broke bread and drank water in this place, of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat not bread nor drink water. Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulchres of thy fathers. And it shall come to pass that after he had eaten and after he had drank that he saddled for him the ass to wit for the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him, and his carcass was cast in the way. The ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass. Behold, the man passed by and saw that the carcass cast in the way, and the lion standing by the carcass, and they came and towed it into the city where the old prophet dwelt. And the pro then when the prophet that had brought him back from the way heard thereof and said, It is the man of God who was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the lion and hath torn him and slain him. Now, this prophet does bring him back and gives him a decent burial if you want to be buried by a lion prophet. But I want you to look. He forgets all of the works of his obedience, and he says, this is the prophet that disobeyed God. Now, what does that have to do with what we're talking about, obedience and disobedience? Well, disobedience simply means that you will open the door to the devil that he would destroy your life and you're going to become nothing but a memory and men and women will not remember your good deeds they will remember the end of a disobedient life now this man reveals to us that when he was in obedience God protected him but he listened to another voice but they were Christians perfectly exactly the fact don't listen to people whether you're doing what God wants you to do or not. You need to obey God. And if God tells you to do something, you do it with all your might. You never detour. You never compromise just because somebody else heard from the Lord. You know how many people have told me they heard from God? If I'd listened to them, I'd be somewhere in Mozambique drinking grass juice through a straw. You can't listen to people. You have to hear from the Lord. Now, there are going to be people that God's going to put in your life that are going to confirm things to your life, but you can't be led by people. You have to be led by God. For as many as are the sons of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. Now, this man lied to this man, and it cost him his life. Now, let me say this. Nobody pays the price of your disobedience but you. Let me tell you who learned out of this story. Those sons that went and got that prophet learned that no matter who tells you what, you better do what God told you. Amen. So that brings us to the point that our obedience or disobedience influences the generations that are around us. Could I get an amen? amen? And so we have to make sure that we live our life, that blessing will come up on our children, and it will not look over them or go by them because they have learned a life of disobedience. Let's go to Psalms 112, verse 1 through 3. 
Hallelujah. And so I'm sure that these young men learned, I will never disobey God. Psalms 112, verse 1, it says this. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord and that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Notice the words. Blessed is the man that feareth God and delighteth in his commandments. What is this? This is the heart of an obedient man. A man that fears God over man. A man that really fears God over himself. Folks, I am many times very considerate of the voices that I hear in my life. You don't want to be quick to say God said this or God said that. Because sometimes I have found over the years that myself talks to me to get my way. <laughs> oh, myself will mimic God as close as it can. Oh, nobody can mimic God, really. The Bible, the Bible says that the angel comes as an angel of light. He speaks like God in order to get you to compromise and to go a different way. That's why the Word of God is so important in our life. But here it says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is a man that feareth the Lord and that delighteth greatly in his commandments. We need to be obedient to what God has said to us and not what man has said to us. Because I'm telling you, disobedience will affect your family and your generations. Next verse. And it says, his seed shall be mightily upon the earth, and the generation of the upright shall be blessed. The upright, the obedient people of God that keep his commandments. Now, what will his seed receive? They're going to receive the life of obedience. They're going to see how to live for God. Amen? Amen. If you live disobediently before your children, they're going to be just like you. They're going to inherit a curse, and they're going to be cursed all of their life. I would never give that to a child. See, we don't live just for ourselves. We are to live for others. We are to live for the generations coming after us. And it says, if you live an obedient life, guess what? Your generation is going to be blessed. Next verse. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. See, you can cause your children to be mindful of the life of obedience. Men and women of God, live for your generations that are coming so that they can be blessed and so that they will inherit righteousness. Amen? The Bible says this, Luke 6, 46. We've quoted it many times. We used it last week. How can you call me Lord and not do what I have said unto you? See, if you are an obedient person, you have to keep what God said, not what other people interpret it to say. What is God saying to you? Amen? And then Proverbs. Can I have Proverbs 10, 17? Well, this, Proverbs is so filled with people that keepeth the Lord. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof or correction or refuses to keep instruction he is in error notice he is in the way of life that keepeth instruction in other words when you get revelation about a scripture how many of you really have ever seen given it shall be given i've seen it therefore now i'm responsible and i have to stay in the way of life david because i keep Sowing and reaping. Amen. Yeah. I was standing at, a, at a, a, a register the other day, and I was in North Carolina. A man walked up, and I said, hi, sir. I said, hey, can I buy your groceries? He said, you're kidding. I said, no, I want to buy your groceries. And uh, he said, well, absolutely. You can buy them. He said, I said, you know, I believe in sowing and reaping. He said, you know, today, a young man was at our factory. He'd been riding with the man. And the man had been charging him for gas and didn't have any money to get to work all week. So I gave him my credit card to be able to get gas for his car. He said, I sowed a seed that he could keep his job. He said, now God's blessing me with these groceries. See, when you give, it's going to be given back. <clears throat> and I said, I come clear from Ohio to be a blessing to you. And so I blessed that man. 
And I bought that man's groceries. You say, well, who was he? It doesn't matter. What matters is he knows that God saw his seed. Amen. See, we have to be, to be obedient unto the Lord. And as we are, guess what? We're going to be prosperous. See, I know giving works. So when I give, I know it's going to be given back to me, pressed down, shaken together. Now, nobody could reward me any more than that man's story, but I'm sure God's going to. Hallelujah. So, Phillips, next time you go to the grocery store, I want to encourage you, you stand there until somebody like me comes up. And don't call me. Pretend like you're going to believe God, like John Franz or somebody is going to come and buy your groceries. And make sure you got everything we need for a month. Put the burn on him. Hallelujah. Now, so here we see that he that keepeth instruction, when God gives you something to do or he reveals something to you out of the Scripture, Look, God has set you on the path of life. But if you disobey it, if you don't do it, folks, you're going to find yourself in error, in disobedience, in wrong. And you're going to find yourself on a stick of want instead of a stick of abundance. And then Proverbs 19 and verse 8. Proverbs 19 and 8. Hallelujah. He that getteth wisdom and loveth his own, he loveth his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. Shall find good. Notice the two parts. You find or get wisdom, understanding, revelation of the Scriptures, and when you keep and apply that understanding, you're going to find what? Good. If evil is happening in your life, don't look any further except the life you've been living. Look, have you been doing disobedient deeds? Have you left a stone unturned? Have you left an I dotted, a T uncrossed? Some people say, well, you don't have to be that physical. I don't know. If you keep evil from your eyes, you shall see revival. Yet we are waiting for it. Yeah, it might be something that we clean up. Amen? Look, if you do good, then it'll be rewarded to you. If you want to see life and length of days... Guard your mouth and keep your eyes from evil. There's probably a hundred reasons why we're not suffering, suffering or reaping abundance in our life, that we're not being exalted and favored in a world that needs Jesus. I don't think that is the devil's problem. I don't think the devil is strong enough to stop the church. I think it's the church compromising what God's called it to do. That's what I think. Let's go to that same chapter Proverbs 19 and verse 16. He that keepeth the commandment keepeth his own soul, but he that despiseth his way, God's, shall die. Notice that he that keepeth the commandments, David, loves his own soul. Be in love with yourself. I love what God has done in me. Certainly I want him to do more. But I like what God's done in my life. I like what God has called me to do, what he's unctioned me to do, what he's laid out for me to do, the purpose and the vision that he's got for me. I'm happy with what God has. Why? Because I am his creation. Now, the world might not be happy with me, but I'm happy. And God likes me. Hallelujah. So let's go one more, and then we're going to uh, close up today. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. Proverbs 29 and 18. We quote it a different way, but let's look at it. Where there is no vision, people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy. Somebody say happy. happy. Celebrated and abundantly blessed is he. Now, you may not see where you're going, but that doesn't mean that you can't live an abundant life right now. That doesn't mean that you can't walk in obedience. That doesn't mean that you can't keep what God has said to you. Let's keep what the Lord has said. Well, do you want to be blessed or do you want to be cursed? I set before you this day, you choose. The devil cannot stop blessing from your life, only you can. The devil cannot bring evil, only you can. Listen, God wants to bring goodness. Give him the key of obedience to your life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Obedience. Next week we'll get into family obedience, civil obedience, and spousal obedience. Very good. 
What, spousal obedience? No, oh, okay, I thought spousal obedience. She wants me to teach on spousal obedience. If I come in beat up the week after next, you'll know that I didn't preach it right. <laughs> Hallelujah, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands up towards heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just need to be obedient. God has so many good things waiting for you and I. There are treasures that are going to be unlocked, visions that are going to be unveiled, blessings that are going to be infused, steps that are going to be ordered of the Lord. God is looking for a people that will obey him and walk in his path, keep his course, how God is waiting to bless you and I as righteous men and women. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is there a woman here uh, that has like a cream coat? It goes beyond your waist, and it's a cream coat, and you're wearing it today. Uh, you have a cream, like a cream coat on. You're wearing it today, and you have a shoulder problem. Are you here? And if it's you, let me see your coat. I'm looking for a cream one. Just a little darker color than that uh, top right there. Has a clean, it might be a, a sweater, I don't know what it is. But I, stand up. You have a shoulder problem. Uh, is it your right shoulder? You're, okay, are you ready? Uh, now I'm going to count to three, and you're going to lift that hand straight up in the air, and God's going to heal that arm, that shoulder, whatever it has going on. Uh, have you had surgery on it? Okay. Well, this is all going to be resolved. I'm going to count to three, and you're going to lift it up. You're not going to have any more pain. You're not going to have any more limitation. In the name of Jesus, one. And that is going to be a prophetic sign to to this congregation of an activity that they're going to set in motion and passion is going to enter into them three raise it up right now right now hallelujah put it down raise it back up put it down raise it back up hallelujah no pain come on somebody shout hallelujah now here's what i want you to do god told me today that there would be that woman there and that this would be a prophetic sign that this house is going to move into a new place of worship and a new place of passion and God said if you would lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting that he's going to descend into our midst and into our congregation in a way that he has never ever entered it before that it's up to you and I he now looses us into dimensions of blessing abundance prosperity places where God will speak to us places where God will enrich us and encourage us but it all has to do with the total surrender lifting up hands without wrath and doubting giving him praise and being passionate about our worship to him hold back not because today is the day of praise this is the time in the hour that God has called us to rise up that we might create an atmosphere that he might inhabit the praises of his people. He will touch those that are around you. He will touch those that surround you. And he will touch your communities and your home. You will not be the same because the presence of the Lord shall come upon you and you will begin to declare his glory. Walk in newness. Be free from things that have held you back. I say unto you today that we should rise up, lift up holy hands, and be passionate towards the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Now that is a prophetic sign. What's, what's wrong with you, sir? Pardon? What's wrong with you? I have lumbar spinal stenosis. And, uh, my ulna bones completely evolved from my hand. God took the pain out of this. Hmm. But my back is what's really bothering me. Okay. And uh, is, is that the reason for your, that's not the reason for your oxygen? I'm just following doctor's orders okay, after good. a simple ablation. Okay, all right, good deal. But you believe that, hallelujah. In, in the Bible, there was an, a man that was told, draw back a bow and to let the arrow go. And he was supposed to shoot the bow until the prophet said stop, but he never shot it. He shot it once and he stopped. And he said, why have you done this? 
you have continued, you should have continued to shoot those areas, arrows and broken and destroyed the Syrian army against Israel. And he didn't do it. But I'm telling you that there is an archer in heaven. And I'm telling you that there is an angel that is about to loose an arrow right now. And along with what they have diagnosed you with, your spine is not all the way straight. It is kind of crooked. Is that right? That is going to be made straight in just a moment. Now, I'm, now I, you know and I know that Jesus has commissioned this angel, that he is the healer. And I'm, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sir, just stand up. Just stand up right now. Hallelujah. Now step out here. You said you were having problems with your back. Bring, bring whatever you got to carry. Bring it. Hallelujah. Now, tell me about your back right now. You had pain in it? All right. What's no. going on? No. Gone. Gone. You go home. That back will never be crooked again. You'll be straight. That disease is cured right now. You go home and you live long. God bless you, sir. Hallelujah. You. Come on, somebody. Shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. 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 Halakambrando selepa. Shandarabud nebarambade. Helenematanda brosipo. Shande bakanti nemendo sambandelabo. Bronde kabilame de simba. Shinde bekini bandunda broselabati. Nenda la dudi balkomba. Hatanenebe helombe. Remba kande nema shimbe. Longe benema cambrando selepa. Shaka de bakani. Mandela Bacobrosi in Babrosi Cabroso. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Where does good and pretty good end? I don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, stand to your feet, please. Now, uh, uh, what is wrong with him? What is your greatest concern about him? Because you're all stressed out and worried about what, what's happening to him. What is happening to him? Your blood pressure. What else? And you won't go to the doctor. Okay. So that, that's, uh, that's her worry and that's her anxiety. That's what happens to you when you don't pay attention to your wife. She'll get aggravated. She'll get all stressed out. Mm -hmm. You know where they take that out on? Not the devil. Hallelujah. It's us. Praise God. Now, uh, are you ready? Now, yes. I'm, I'm going to pray for you. And God is going to touch you. This nerve ending and you have pain in your side. Where at? Right there, okay, and down your leg, on your knee, okay, and I'm, I'm going to pray for you, and God is going to touch you, and God is going to heal you, and uh, were you in some type of wreck that you hurt your neck years ago? Sledding. But, but this is, this, I, I don't, did, did, did they examine you after that? Did a doctor examine you, chiropractor or something for your neck? For my back. Oh, for your back. Okay. Did they tell you anything about your neck? No. Okay. Well, I'm telling you right now that that's all associated with your neck and your back and this upper shoulder right here on your right side. God is going to touch that. That's going to come down and hit this left side. And that leg and that knee area is going to be totally healed and all this pain back in the sciatic nerve and where the back connects right now. That's going to be, going to be uninflamed and God's going to touch you today. You, you hear me? Now, listen, where are you from? From Wapa. From Wapak, okay. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the healing Jesus Christ, the Jehovah Rapha of the new covenant, the healing Jesus that owns this man, who shepherds him, who cares for him, in the name of Jesus, I loose right now the working of miracles in Jesus' name. Right now, in the name of Jesus, loose him and set him free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now check yourself. Do whatever you could not do. Tell me what you got. Gone. 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 Okay. You're never going to be the same. Now you go home and you be healed. Pay attention to her. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're can wash away my sin.
Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow, no other bound I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What's wrong with you, Carol? I got shoulder separation, I got bursitis in my shoulder, and I have tendonitis. And I, it's been since July. Really? This yeah, arm? This arm. This arm? Okay, well, you ready? This is a little bit, but this is really This bad. is the one, okay. In the name of Jesus, I curse this bursitis. I curse every condition in this shoulder. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her and let her go right now. God, I loose it in Jesus' name. Just raise it up there, Carol. Tell me what you got. All right, put it down. Raise it back up. It catches. And so when I start to bend it, it, it stops. In the name of Jesus, I command this catch right now. Come out of her and loose her in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. Go ahead. Raise it up here, Carol. All right, put it down. That is better. Come on, raise it right back up there. Come on, raise it up one more time. Hallelujah. Come on, one more time. I feel it catching. In yeah, the name yeah. of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. One more time, Carol. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I command all this catching right now in this ball. I command it to come out of her right now in Jesus' name. Raise it up there, Carol. Hallelujah. In the name once for the Father. Come on, do it once for the Son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do it once for the Father. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And all this pain be gone. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 You just be a confirmation to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Carol. Praise God. Hey, can you sing that song one more time, Daniel? Wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but bowed. You know, the Bible says that we are sanctified unto obedience. The Bible tells us that we are to be obedient to the gospel of the cross. If you're here today and you're not saved, if you're here today and you've wandered away, this is time for you to come home. If you're here today and you're a sinner and you've never known Jesus Christ, it's time for you to come. The cross calls you. Jesus is calling your name. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not promised. He's knocking at your door. He's calling your name. The blood is waiting. It's your heart that needs to say yes. If you're here today, you're not saved, you're not ready for heaven, I want to encourage you. I'm going to count to three and you're going to stand to your feet. You're going to walk this aisle down here and you're going to let me pray for you. And I'm going to pray with you. And your life is going to be changed. Jesus is going to come into your heart, not as the judge, but as the companion, as the Savior as your God, 
And he will lift you up out of the kingdom of darkness and translate you into the kingdom of light. And he will be your savior. He will lead you and guide you, bless you. He will be your shepherd. He will keep you and, and protect you and bless you and prosper you. The choice is you. You are in the valley of decision today. When I count to three, I want you to stand your feet and come down to this altar. One, remember Jesus came and he died for you, not for everybody else. He's not mad at you. He's calling your name. Two, realize that Jesus today is here. He's here because you're here. He's here because he's calling your name. Three, and he wants to be your savior. Stand to your feet. Come quickly. If you're any place in this building, you're a sinner. Quickly come. Quickly come. Hallelujah. Come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, come. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise God. Don't miss this time. Don't worry about what people are thinking. I used to be there one day listening, God calling, and thank God that I beckoned to the call. All righty, hallelujah. Let's everybody stand to our feet. I'm presuming everybody's going to heaven. There ain't nothing in hell nobody wants. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, can you read my mind of what song I want? It's that same one I wanted from Nikki. Hallelujah. All right, let's go. Sing it. Hallelujah.